Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another victorious week here on Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Voice of the Loons, Dan Terrar. Dan, how you doing today, sir? Very good. Good to be here. Good, good. AJ Fredrickson also joins us once again, the loyal and trusty producer of our Minnesota United broadcast. AJ, how you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Happy to be back for another week. Good, good. And uh, Tottenham stayed in the winning section and Manchester United got in the winning section for the first time this year, so we're all good. AJ, we got to get Dan a team. I'm he just Leeds. Just pick Leeds. Leeds, Leeds USA. Of, Leeds United States of America. They got an American coach. Two of their stars are American players. There you go. I don't know if I trust you. Their owners, uh, they're, they'll soon be owned by the guys who own the 49ers. So this is pretty much the the team USA essentially of of the Premier okay. League. So they're currently third in the in the Prem. So <laughs> I mean, come on, if it's you, three weeks in. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, AJ, AJ, we have rules here about uh, watching the tables this early in the year. (laughs) Yeah, AJ, he doesn't like that very much. (laughs) Well, we're in week two and we're sitting in a playoff spot. (laughs) 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 Woohoo! All right, so before we get even deeper into this conversation about getting Dan a team and it possibly being Leeds. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terra and AJ Fredrickson. Uh, we are the uh, radio broadcast team for all Minnesota United broadcasts on the radio. You can hear us on 1500 AM, 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app, also Loon Talk. Find it wherever you find your podcast. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. Boys, another big week for the Loons, if not the biggest weekend and the biggest win of the season for the Loons. Number two, Austin, coming to town this last Saturday against number four, Minnesota. And boy, was that an amazing game from just watching it on the field standpoint. But also, that crowd was juiced, Dan, at Allianz Field on Saturday night. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a great night. Weather was perfect, yeah. and it, it really had a playoff feel to it mm-hmm. from the very beginning, from the uh, national anthem on. Uh, the crowd was, uh, like you said, they were just uh, fired up uh, more so than usual. It really did. That was as close to a playoff feel as you can get without it being a playoff game, and uh, nobody was disappointed. Uh, I, I, I should have picked two penalty kick goals in that one, but I, I missed that on my <laughs> – Missed that when I might write that down. I was thinking about it, and then I decided not to. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Best uh, best match of the season so far. Because you really have to say that, because if they're going to continue this run, there's going to be a lot of best matches of the season, biggest win of the year, most exciting win of the year. Um, so hopefully this is just for now, it's the it's the best of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get into some of the stats and numbers. Uh, Minnesota, 2-1 win, as Dan mentioned. Two penalty kicks, uh, one for Minnesota, one for Austin. Emmanuel Reynoso scores his early on in the first half. Then Sebastian Drusi scores his late on in the first half. And then Franco Fragapane picking Julio Cascante's pocket right in Austin's penalty box in the 61st, 62nd minute and Whoops. scoring a very Darwin-esque chip goal for the game winner and then running into the stands. Yeah. Awesome moment. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved all, I love both of the Minnesota goals. Emmanuel Reynoso, well taken, uh, puts it out just wide enough where Brad Stuver could not connect and uh, try and block it. Um, really well taken by Emmanuel Reynoso. But that Franco Fragapane goal, 
uh, to me, embodies what this team has become. They're they're going to high-press you, as we've seen plenty of times throughout the season from Fragapani. It's something that they've been starting very much this year, uh, this high-pressing thing. And Fragapani did it a number of times uh, over the evening, and he caught Julio Cascante absolutely sleeping in his own box late in the match and picks his pocket clean and scores the goal. It's To me, that embodies what this team has become. They don't have a whole lot of the ball, but they will high-press you, and then when they get the ball back it's going to get up the field really quick and they're going to score on you. Yeah, he was the uh, poster child for that. He started early. He made a couple of those uh, uh, presses early in the match, first couple of minutes. And and I thought, man, if he keeps this up, you, you kind of hope that he'll cause some some sort of a turnover and, and disrupt things. And he did several times. He forced uh, he forced Stuver to get rid of it more quickly and, and do things he didn't want to do. And uh, it's kind of fun. So often you'll see a guy like that, and they'll they'll, they'll just they'll they'll work their rear end off the whole match, and technically nothing to show for it. Well, it's fun to see uh, something uh, come out of it, and it turns out to be a game winning goal. But the point that I need to make before I forget is we had two penalty kicks and two penalty kick goals, and there was little to no whining, bitching, yeah. bickering, crying, complaining, getting in the ref's face. I got to tell you. I have never seen that before. That was, was nice. a really positive sign. It was refreshing. You know, it's nice yes. when, and I'm sure that probably goes into the officials maybe establishing something, a, a discussion, a dialogue before even the first kickoff, just because if they pull a couple, you know, a couple guys aside or, you know, when they meet at the middle, they talk to the cameras, hey, we're going to call the game. You're going to play the game. We'll go <laughs> ahead and move as the night goes. And um, I think they, they did a pretty solid job on – yeah. You know, for the most part, there wasn't a lot of yeah. uh, maybe major calls or anything that could have been missed. Or I know we haven't had the uh, call the game right segment since maybe like week two or three <laughs> of the season. But, uh, but no, I don't think we would have needed anything uh, on Saturday night because, you know, yeah. the, pen- the penalty spot uh, on the first time around, Ethan Finley body checks Reynoso right in the box. Uh, yep. So nice to see that Finley still rocking that blue, uh, bleeding blue from Minnesota. Um, <laughs> that was a nice, yes, way, thank uh, you. To, thank you, a nice way to repay the favor. And then the other side of things, DJ Taylor, his arms in an unnatural position as he goes to ground yeah. to, uh, a, you know, makes a sliding block in the box. It, it, that's just unfortunate. That's one of those, your body just naturally, you have to do that to get your momentum to swing your legs out to make that block. And it's unfortunate that mm-hmm. it was just uh it, it reminds me of the Everton penalty that Reynoso, or not Reynoso, I think was Bongi drew um, against Everton in that club friendly. He's almost like looking for that. Sure, he wants to cross it to the middle, but he's, he's thinking there's a chance that he's going to get a, a limb out there, an extremity that might be able to clip this ball and we can just go ahead and capitalize. And that's what they do. They even end up 1-1 and then, you know, Franco Fragapane. He does, he does that thing. And uh, you're going to have to answer me this question. I could have sworn I saw him jump out of the, the field area. Do they not mm-hmm. hand out a yellow card for that in, in MLS? I thought he didn't uh, interact he left... with the crowd, so okay, he gets away was, with it. Okay, perfect. I was a little confused about that. I expected uh, some type of card for a booking, but uh, when it didn't happen, I, you know, I'm not going to complain. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, had he interacted or jumped into the crowd, then there would have been a yellow card for it. But he did not interact with the crowd, so he got away with it. But yeah, uh, yeah, those. Franco Frank Fragapani scoring that goal was, it's fun to see that finally come through because you've seen it. Dan, we've talked about it plenty of times, him making those runs, him high pressing and just trying to cause trouble. We've seen it all season long and it finally comes to fruition. It's only going to give him confidence to keep doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, defenders just falling asleep against this Minnesota defense of late and they're capitalizing. 
and he knows that um, if he wants, if he's going to play that way, he knows that uh, there's people on the bench that can come on, come in for him in the 60, mm-hmm. 65th yep. minute and give him a give him a breather because I don't know that you can do that for ninety minutes straight without get, just completely tearing yourself apart because um, yeah. that's a lot of running. So um, yeah, I think this. I think we, we should expect to see more of that. And the great thing about it is now. As teams are preparing, for instance, Houston preparing to play, they're watching film going, okay, we've got to be aware of this guy. And the more that Amaria scores, that Franco Fragapane disrupts things, and then all of a sudden that just creates more space for number 10, Emmanuel Reynoso. So, um, yeah, it all, uh, it's all kind of inner. You know, it's all kind of intertwined, and, and one thing leads to something else working better. And um, if he can keep doing that, he's going to give other teams fits, and they're going to have to pay more attention to him, and that's going to create space for the other guys. So, yeah, it was fun to see. Um, I think he had a huge impact on that match, obviously, with the game-winning goal. But even aside from there, he really disrupted everything that uh, that they wanted to do, everything that Austin wanted to start out within their own end. He just didn't allow them to do what they wanted to do. Yeah, and that's – yeah, go ahead, AJ. I'll need you guys to answer me this too because you guys are out there at Allianz Field and I'm just back here in the studio. So I only have the TV broadcast view. So when they were playing uh, pretty much one-touch pass game in, the, in their back final box there, it, I didn't even have Fragapane on the screen. So when that Yeah, he pass, closed him down quick. Yeah, he came. Yeah. He came on the screen like a bat out of hell. Just vroom. how far out was he? Because like that that TV view, it's got almost the entire final third. I didn't see him until that pass was halfway to uh, who is it? Cast Cascante. 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 Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Ha- halfway to him, uh, and all of a sudden he just comes streaking out of nowhere. So how far up up the field was he there before making that press? Well, it was far enough where Cascante was receiving that ball from Stuver, and if you watch the replay close up, you can see Cascante kind of peek over his shoulder and look for where Fragapane is because he knows from the, the previous 60 minutes that at some point Fragapane is going to come in here and try and swipe the ball away, and he felt like he was far enough away that he could yeah. kind of take his time with it. Well, <laughs> Fragapane, as you mentioned, AJ, <laughs> bat out of hell, just nowhere to be seen, and then all of a sudden he's right there in Cascante's fake face, pokes the ball away and chips it in. It was yeah, it was it was super quick. Fragapani showing off his speed, showing off why there's those fake rumors out there about Boca Juniors coming back for or coming for him, which is completely not true from everything that I've heard. Is that <laughs> it's just just made up rumors that Boca just needs players, and apparently <laughs> since he's Argentinian and he's a winger, he's going to be on that list. Uh, but yeah, it, it's the way he plays and the way Minnesota has played. And I, I sent AJ this this stat that I found earlier today while I was writing an article about the team, Minnesota. In their five games where they've had the least amount of possession, all sub-40% possession games, they've won all five of them, guys. I, I don't understand no. how no. that's possible, but <laughs> all five of their games where, they had, where they've had the least amount of possession this season, they've won. And the, games that they've, the five games that they've had the most amount of possession, they've won like three of the five. So they, this is clearly a team that prefers yeah. to not have possession of the ball and counterattack you, which if you're looking at how MLS Cup playoffs is played – that's exactly how it's played. Set up mm-hmm. defensively. Don't make it easy for teams mm-hmm. to break you down and break on them with a super quick counterattack. And this team has been playing like that all season. They're ready yeah. to go. And if you have mm-hmm. the attackers in the form that they have been, if you keep that going, which we'll get to the future schedule in a little bit, if you keep that going, man, that's gonna, that's a dangerous team to face in the playoffs. 
And and the counterattack game is so much so exciting to watch. You yeah. know, it's like a breakaway in hockey. It's you know, it just it gets the crowd as soon as uh, the fans can see it developing uh, that it's going to happen. The whole place just it's yep. electric and everybody's up on their feet. And yeah, uh, the, that that type of soccer is very entertaining. And that's almost why you need to have a guy like Bongi staying on that right wing every single game um, as your starter because. He is faster than everybody else out on the field. If you get a chance, you know, even off a set piece that takes a fortunate bounce towards outside the box, or you go ahead and you, uh, you know, you just make, you let the other team kind of creep in, their back line gets a little too high, you'd get one fortunate Mm -hmm. takeaway, outlet pass the other way, and they're off to the races. You got a three on two, you got a two on one, something like that, to where you're going to get what's considered a, a big chance. And that's how you win these games. Um, because in the other thing about those those games you said that you sent Johnny were of the five, four of them were two to one wins. Yep. So there, it's not like it's just they got one chance and were lucky and were able to hold off the other team for the the full ninety. They were getting multiple goals, and you know, two is you know yeah. you're not breaking open the record books with anything, but you're. <laughs> That's what we've been used to the past year and a half. There was a time (laughs) when you get less than when you have less than that forty percent possession. You know, you're lucky if you find one. Um, But a lot of those, they're having higher than you know, they're having that kind of one to one and a half expected goals. So when they can get to that two, you're you're capitalizing on chances, and that's what you have to do if you're going to play that that type of low possession game. You have to take advantage when the other team has. You get them on their back heels, they're tired, you're going to charge the other way, and you have to capitalize right there. And so when they do that, it, it works great. So to have that speed up front is awesome. Yeah, yeah, three of those five games that they've had very little possession and they've won have been on the road. And uh, three of those five are also against teams that are currently in the playoffs right now if the playoffs were to start today. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a sign that this team knows how to play, and they've basically been playing – the way you need to play in playoff soccer all season long. They're ready for it as opposed to these other teams who want to control the ball, who want to try and break you down defensively. Minnesota, if the last two games are any sign, and I know that's an admittedly super small sample size, uh, if the last two games are any sign of how the defense is going to play down the stretch here, this defense is going to be really hard to break down because they've shut out team or they've, they put on really good defensive performances in two very different ways. Nashville, they relied on Dane Sinclair making just stop out after stop yep. after stop, just playing otherworldly good. And then this set last Saturday against Austin, it was a team effort. Dane Sinclair faced one shot on target, which was Austin's lowest since they lost to Portland in week three of the season. So Austin, a team that is tied for the top of the league in goal scoring, had one shot on target all all after or all evening at Allianz Field. So it wasn't just Dane Sinclair. Stop, or standing on his head, it was literally everybody in that defense and the midfield combining to shut down Sebastian Jersey and the attack from Austin. Yeah, two totally different uh, defensive second halves in in the Nashville and Austin matches, and either one is fine. You know, if your goalie yeah. stands on his head, that's great. Um, but I, I think it's preferred by uh, by coaches <laughs> everywhere if your uh, if your defense plays solid and they you just don't give them chances. Uh, like they did to Austin. So, and that's something that we can't forget in this whole thing is not only did they win 2-1, not only did they play lights out defense, but they did it against, you know, the one of the two highest scoring teams in the league. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to uh hard to find, think of a match that was uh more uh 
more uh, important to this team than that one. And, and, you know, the next one becomes more important. And as they, uh, you know, hopefully continue to win and battle for that, you know, battle for that number two spot in the West. Yeah. And so looking down the rest of the schedule, as I promised we would do, uh, yeah. what the last three games, Dan made a prediction about this last week. The last three games are against teams that are kind of out of the playoff spots right now, though. Vancouver's creeping up very close at one point on Saturday night, they were in the playoffs, but due to Nashville winning the, uh, Winning their game yesterday, they kind of bounced from the playoffs. But um, so Vancouver's the only one that's creeping up close to the playoff spot. Otherwise, San Jose and Sporting Kansas City are out of the playoffs right now. And those three teams are the worst defenses in the Western Conference, the three worst defenses. So if you want any kind of morale boost going into the playoffs, (laughs) face the three worst defenses and get your offensive guys gearing up and ready to go. Uh, But the rest of them, Minnesota play, what, one, two, three three playoff teams the rest of the way out of their eight games. That's as as good of a schedule as you can get going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's kind of nice to look ahead and see that on decision day you've got Vancouver and we're not like going to – we don't have to go to uh, Seattle or go to L.A. like we did. <laughs> Was that last year or the year before? So I like it. Uh, finish up at home. Um, you know, it'd be nice if there was very little drama for Minnesota on decision day, but – yeah, most likely we'll be right in the thick of it. So <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if they could seal fun. up a a home playoff spot before decision yes. day and don't have to worry about it. You think they will? Either one of you think that they could have that sewn up by then? AJ, it's a possibility. It's yeah. a possibility. Um, they've got yeah, the game I, in I, hand. They've got the games in hand. They got two games yeah. in hand on Dallas. Yeah. yeah, Nashville did Minnesota a huge favor mm-hmm. with that four nil thumping the other night. Um, and yeah, now two games in hand. The first tiebreaker for MLS standings is overall win total, yep. whereas I know some other leagues are goal differential. So as long as they right. – it doesn't matter points-wise. If they're drawn even, just have more wins in those however many matches it is. Um, was it 30 – 34. 34. I was going to say 36. Yeah. But in those 34, I mean, you, you have eight left now. If you can – I'd say if you can get to 16, that'd be the minimum. But I think you're mm-hmm. going to want to look to get to 17 if you can squeak 18. But, uh, you, you okay. know, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it, the, the final three, I think, are going to be pretty good matches for them to lock up a couple wins. But I yeah, I think it's it's a lower possibility <laughs> to have that locked up by that decision day than a lot of people who are very optimistic would think. History would say it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the schedule, I mean, some of these games are a little bit trickier than they look on paper. I mean, the trip out to Salt Lake is always a tricky one for some reason. Loons just have never really gotten a good foothold out in Salt Lake. You host Dallas, but that's a Dallas team that now has been resurgent over the last couple weeks, despite getting their their rear ends whooped last night by Nashville. Um, But Portland, they they seem a team that's kind of struggling, that's still fighting to get into that final playoff spot, but has not been doing it very well. I mean, it's a a very old Portland team that might just be – have seen their last legs go last year, and they tried to get one more year out of it, and probably a bad idea. LAFC will come to town. Who knows if Gareth Bale will have made his first start in MLS by then. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but it's an LAFC team that continues to find ways to score and continues to do it well, other than you know losing to San Jose out of nowhere. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, despite them being the worst team in the league, 
they all of a sudden can't stop scoring goals, which is a little bit frightening going down to the final stretch of the season when you're going to have right. when you're going to want to take an easy game there. But yeah, some of these games they do look a little bit trickier on paper, but with a team that's playing as confident as Minnesota is, you feel like they have the upper hand in just about every single one of those matches just because some of the bigger games they're at home against against the the team that would usually give them trouble. So they they'll have that advantage for themselves. So I think there's a slight possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, I wouldn't be I can't say I wouldn't be surprised if if it if it happened if they locked up a home playoff spot before the final week. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right, but like you said, history might prove it not to happen. So, um, but hopefully you're right. Yeah. John, if you don't mind, I'm going to take I'm going to go next topic here and I All want right. to ask you guys a question. In the 71st minute of the match uh, this weekend, the first substitution was made for Minnesota where Franco Fragacapane came out. We saw our first action of Mender Garcia coming in mm-hmm. for his first minute as a loon. Um, we got 20 or so minutes. Um, like I mentioned, I just have the TV view. It's not always focused on him, but for you guys out there, you were able to kind of look freely. Uh, what did you think about your first impression of uh, him wearing that black and blue? Dan? Well, I don't feel like we got a great look. Um we did see a couple instances where we, we used his speed, um, and that's what we know about him is that uh, Mender is probably not just instantly became the fastest guy on the club. Maybe um, in the league. Yeah, I don't know. So I think it was hard to see. I, th- I think he went shoulder to shoulder once with somebody and, and, and held up well. So, you know, I, I'm excited to see more of him uh, because anybody that's got that kind of speed uh, is at any moment can change the match. So – I don't know. Did you see anything out of there, Jonathan, that uh, that jumped out at you? I liked his speed, as you mentioned, as as we all kind of knew going in, that you could tell that he was in, incredibly fast. And AJ mm-hmm. brought it up, having Bongi on the right wing in that attack, if they're going to play that counterattacking, they're going to play that high-pressing game, having the speed on those wings is really going to help. And bringing yeah. on a guy like that, bringing on either Bongi or Mender Garcia, depending on how well Mender fits in over the last couple <laughs> games, Bringing on those guys late against a defense that's been tired all, that's been just worn out over the last 70 or 60, 70 minutes of trying to stop counterattack after a counterattack, that's just such a dangerous threat. Or if you can have them both up in field at the same time, good luck to the opposing fullbacks trying to get forward Whoa. and trying to get back. But yeah, you could tell that there was speed there. The only thing I would have liked to see better from him, and I get it, it's his first appearance, first 20 minutes, not really, you can't really break down too much. His touch was a little bit off. You could tell that there's a lot of speed there, but that yeah. touch got away from him sometimes. He could have had a goal uh, with one of his breakaways. But as Dan mentioned, the the size is there. He's going to be able to hold up against some of the bigger center backs in this league. He's not going to get just blown off on his run if he gets if he goes shoulder to shoulder with the guy. So he's he's not a small kid, uh, but he's super fast, and you could tell that in the 20 minutes that we got to see him. So that was fun to see for sure. Well, ima- imagine the scenario, and which could happen quite a few times. You got Franco Fragapane, who doesn't have the flat-out sprinter speed yeah. that Mender has. He's more acceleration that, than anything. Has that quickness? Yeah, that explosion of quickness. Imagine the defense dealing with uh, Franco all night, and then <laughs> yeah. they pull him out and they bring in a guy that's faster. Goodness I mean, gracious! That's, it's like they got to be going. You got to be kidding me! Come on, you know? give us a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they already have sixty minutes under their legs, seventy minutes right. under their legs. He's, and he's gonna be fresh. looking yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's 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 very exciting to think about. So no, I can't wait to see more of uh, Mender. And it's I mean, these guys probably won't get on the field much because of the guys they brought in, but 
talking about speed, you still have Nico Hansen, still one of the fastest wingers in the league. You have Abud and Lottie, who's yeah. still incredibly fast. Neither of those guys really do much for you offensively, but they have they also have speed. So the Loons stockpiled of on speed on their bench over the over the past couple summers. So yeah, this this is a fun team to watch coming off the bench if those subs are used correctly and at timely timely inner or portions of the game. That's going to be a really dangerous substitution that Adrian Heath has in his pocket. Uh, speaking of Adrian Heath, him and Emmanuel Reynoso made Team of the Week this week for their 2-1 win over Austin, so congratulations to them. This is like the sixth or seventh time it feels like Emmanuel Reynoso has made the Team of the Week this season. Deservedly so, because he's played well. Uh, I think Franco Fragapane deserved a shot there just yeah, because of the so. way he played. So, yeah, it, it was a good good overall performance from the Loons this week. Next up for them, they will play the Houston Dynamo uh, this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. I can't wait for an afternoon Saturday match at Allianz Field. That's going to be an experience because I don't, I don't remember the last time we had one of those where it was an afternoon game, and I'll be able to go home afterwards and kind of live my life instead of go home and everybody's asleep already. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. 2.30 p.m. kickoff, 2 p.m. pre-match show on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. Boys, your quick thoughts on a preview for the Houston match coming up this Saturday. Um, I think Houston's a team that um... – if I had to predict whether or not they will make the playoffs, I would say their trajectory right now is no. Um, they <laughs> were points they, out of it right now. They were better. Yeah, they. they yeah, yeah. Well, so everybody is. You know, I just I don't see it. I don't see them making a big run. So hopefully, this is a team that Minnesota can just continue to uh, to uh, oppose their will on and. Uh, not have too much possession time because we don't need it and uh, put them away. I, I guess I feel good about the uh, uh, the likelihood of getting three points out of uh, next Saturday against the Dynamo. One win in their last ten. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the time you want to face Houston, AJ. Yeah, yeah, I I think it'll I, it should be three points. You know, you're at home. It's a team that is I want to say second to last in the Western Conference, and, and mm-hmm. their season's not over. But of, like Dan said, of teams that are outside the playoff window right now, they are, in my opinion, the least likely one of the two, maybe who are the least likely to uh, creep back in because they would need a very impressive run here down the final final stretch of yeah. the game. So um, yeah. th- this should be three points for Minnesota. You know, you'd, it, that's about as simple as it can be because they're, they're just simply a better team. So yeah. you need to go out there and just be the better team. Just go to work like normal, put up two, put up three. If I could see them maybe squeaking one if there's a mental lapse, but I wouldn't be surprised with a clean sheet. Yeah. All right, so that's the preview for this weekend's game against the Houston Dynamo at Allianz Field. Be there. Get your tickets now. Otherwise, you're probably not going to be able to get in the door. It's probably going to be packed house for the last four home games of the season. I can't believe it's already le- already four only four home games left Where? in the season. Where did the season go? I don't know. Where did the <laughs> summer go? It's just crazy. I- so. All right, so time to take a quick look across the league. Plenty of action going on across Major League Soccer, but we'll kind of focus on games that affected Minnesota United this past week. Dallas, as AJ mentioned, played twice this last week. They played on Wednesday. Got a pretty routine 1-0 win over the Philadelphia Union. But then Sunday, last night in Nashville, they go into Nashville looking to take advantage of a Nashville side that Minnesota just roughhoused and uh, continued to demoralize. But Nashville just completely thumped FC Dallas 4-0, just running away with it. That is the result that the Loons needed. Other results that they needed was Rail Salt Lake team behind them in the Western Conference get a 1-1 draw with Vancouver Whitecaps, so giving them, giving the Loons a little bit of space in the Western Conference. And Dan gave me permission on the broadcast 
on Saturday to start looking at the table and start mentioning it. So yeah, no, by God, fine. I will mention it. Loons on 41 points. They are three points clear of Real Salt Lake, who have the same amount of games played as them. Uh, Real Salt Lake has 38 points. FC Dallas, though, just one point ahead of Minnesota on 42 points. But Minnesota have two games on hand over Dallas, so they could jump over them and create some space very quickly in that one. So, boys, your thoughts on how the Western Conference is playing out right now? I don't um, – it's so hard to know. Even with this few of games left, there's going to be so much movement in that playoff spot and uh, the last two or three playoff spots possibly. Um, I don't I, – nobody's shocked that LAFC is running away with it. Um, I personally did not think Austin would be still hanging out in the top two or three spots. I thought at best they'd be in that group battling for – you know, a, uh, a road playoff game, uh, you know, battling for six and seven. So to me, that's the biggest surprise. But uh, the rest of the West, um, other than Austin and the fact that Seattle didn't make their typical run, I, I guess I don't find a lot of surprises in it. I got a question for you guys. Just looking at the schedules, we already know Minnesota's schedule. We saw Austin this last week, and we talked about this last week on the podcast. Do we think Austin's reachable at that number two spot? Now the Loons have gotten a win over them. They've got three points on them now. They creeped a little bit closer. Uh, I believe it's 48 points to 41 points. So only seven points difference. They're on the same amount of games. But looking at Austin's schedule down the stretch here, they have a surprisingly tough schedule. LAFC this Friday, Portland, Nashville, Seattle, Rail Salt Lake, Nashville, Vancouver, Colorado. That's not an easy schedule. That's a bunch of teams that are still either already well in the playoff spots or still fighting for playoff positioning. And this is a team that we've seen give up a handful of goals lately uh, defensively and surprisingly give away some points here. So now that we've had another week, now we've seen them in person, is that number two spot reachable for Minnesota? I th- Why? It is. Go ahead, AJ. It's a lot more reachable in our conversation last week. I would... That was actually I'm I'm waiting one more week for a write that down prediction on it because I want to <laughs> I'm going to give myself one oh. more one more week but uh, no they, <laughs> time it, to write it, that it, down and take it away. Uh, from I'm you. writing it down <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean LAFC they've continued to be a powerhouse and they've just pulled away from the pack because uh, at one point you know you think okay maybe Austin can maybe catch them and battle them for that one spot but yeah. um, but no now it's a six point gap between Austin and FC Dallas. Obviously Dallas has two more games played than uh, both them and Minnesota but Minnesota seven games back they have a really tough schedule like you just said Minnesota doesn't have the toughest strength of schedule here for the final uh, final eight so if you it's very possible looking at their schedule for Austin that is they possibly don't win a game until October 1st because you're not LAFC fantastic Portland, we know what they can do. Nashville, twice. We know how good defensively they can be. Mm-hmm. So you have that offense against that defense. All it takes is you know, them to play maybe a struggling 45 minutes to really break down and have that kind of mental capacity where it's like, okay, we, can't, we just can't do anything here. Um, and then Seattle, we, we said at any point, it seems like they can just kind of flip the switch and decide to be good. So yep. who knows what they do there, but... Uh, Real Salt Lake is a team that's very much contending too, so they want to get a home playoff spot, and they're going to be looking for that on September 14th. Vancouver is, you know, they're Vancouver, and Colorado is Colorado, who aren't bad, but also I wouldn't say aren't great. Um, it, it's possible that Austin has a very slippery slope here for the final 
stretch of the season and they they stumble into the playoffs and they maybe fall out of that two spot. Yeah, the thing going for Austin in their schedule, well, maybe going depending on how you view how they play this season, one of the best road teams in the league. They have the highest amount of road wins uh, in the league right now. They've got five of their last eight games at home at, uh, what is it, Q2 Stadium, I think? Or is that, uh, yeah, that's Q2 Stadium. Uh, they've got five of their last eight at home. So uh, those game, those tough games, they'll be hosting it in that atmosphere. So they might have that going for them. Otherwise, They've only got three road games left to go, and they've been so good on the road this season despite the loss this last weekend. But, yeah, I think I think that is a very different conversation after one week, which is, <laughs> I, I don't know, exemplary of how this league has been this season is everything can change completely in a week, and it's surprising yeah. that it's just it shifted that quickly to where we were talking last week and we, were all pretty, we pretty much dismissed it right out of hand that that second spot was kind of well and truly – in Austin's favor, but now after this last week and how things have played down and how how the rest of the schedule looks for both sides, I think that that two seed is reachable. I think there's a chance that Minnesota could jump up into that into that two seed before the season's out. And but that leads to the question that Dan and I talked about on the broadcast as well. Do you want that two seed if Seattle's going to be that number seven seed? <laughs> well, you can't. No, I know no, you can't a, look at it that way. But no, but but you can't. Um, no, if you knew for sure that Seattle was going to be the number seven seed, um, you'd have to go, God, do we really want? Um, <laughs> you no, know, you don't. But um, ch- the chances are that Seattle won't be the seven seed. I mean, and you got to go and play and play. It's all about, you know, playing your best soccer at the end of the year. And if that gets you into second place and you have to have Seattle in, well, so be it. Bring it on and you're going to have to find a way to beat them. Um, as far as Austin dropping out of number two, yeah, it's possible. I just have a feeling they're going to be able to stick it out. Um, with the way they play on the road and the offensive weapons they have, uh, they should give. Now, if I, that's if I'm betting my money, I'm going to bet they stay in second. If I'm betting with AGA money, then I'm going to bet that they, uh, that they lose second. So, uh, <laughs> But if it's my money, I'm going to say, ah, they're going to stick it out and hang on to that number two spot. So, yeah, Another is, question this- I- Oh, Go this ahead. is where you're going to have that Brian Windhorst. Uh, maybe they maybe they realize down there in Austin exactly who they might be facing. What is happening down there in Austin? What? Why would they lose these final six of eight games? Are you saying huh. Josh Wolf is playing 4D chess while the rest of us are just playing 3D or 2D chess? Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think it goes that deep, but you know, it's fun to speculate yeah. about that stuff. Yeah, it, it is. It's not at all. Not at all true. They're definitely not throwing games in Austin, no. but uh, it's it, so it, much it's fun to. Speculate about the uh, standings table uh, this time of year, not in week two. <laughs> Another question I had about the playoffs. Say Seattle doesn't make it, and right now they're sitting ninth uh-huh. place. They're just a point out of the playoffs. Is there a team that you actually do fear in the playoffs in the Western Conference more? And I know home bias and everything, whatever, more than Minnesota just based off the way they play. But also, LAFC have struggled in tournament competitions. They struggled in MLS's back. They struggle every year in U.S. Open Cup. They've not gotten very far. I think they. I don't think they've won in the MLS Cup playoffs. The only success they had in a tournament setting was the COVID year of CONCACAF Champions League, where it was just weird and fluky, and they played at the end of the season uh, down in Orlando, and they got to the final and almost won it. But that was really the only success they ever had in a tournament. That's a team that never plays well in tournament settings in one win, one and you're done. Is there a team that you fear more in the playoffs if Seattle doesn't make it? Then Minnesota. 
I would I would say still LAFC. I think they're far and away the best team in the Western Conference, um, especially with the additions mid-season of a, of you know Chiellini and Bale, who are just you know veterans who have played the European game, who have been on the biggest of biggest stages. Mm-hmm. They have that veteran leadership in the locker room to where I don't think that matters as much anymore. Just because they're going to be able to calm them down. They're going to be able to command the room and really rally the troops. Um, they they just have too much talent there to not be scared of them in terms of... So we've said in the past when they won the Supporter nine. Shield running away with it and they, they got yeah. bounced the first time they had the chance. How many Champions League winners did they have on their team then? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, when I, I look failed. at the uh, when I look at the Western Conference, you know, taking LAFC out of it, um, you know, uh, saying Minnesota finishes either two or three whatever just we don't know where they're going to finish um and i'm looking at you know nashville galaxy vancouver seattle all those teams in that mix there that it would be one of those no i don't i think i think you'd rather play uh just about anybody but seattle i think i would go with that that anybody else after that would be good and and by the way if seattle finishes in seven and minnesota's two or Seattle's six and we're three. I think where this team is at right now, if they're still playing at this level, playing with this amount of confidence at home, I, I think Seattle's a team they can they can handle. Yeah, I think I think it I, I think it provides a very interesting conversation and look for the rest of the season with how Minnesota's playing and and what what to expect going forward down the rest of the season. I think we lost AJ's video signal. I hope he's still there. Was it something I said. Don't worry, yep. I'm still here. It's just, we got the uh, old school like rainbow bars that we, that I haven't seen since like know, the analog TV days. Yeah, and over here, my and over here, there's a chipmunk bothering my dog, and so he's going crazy. He's like, Technical uh, difficulties all over the place. We're AJ, we're keep it like this. I actually, this is hilarious that I haven't I like seen it. this in forever. Yeah, uh, other. Good. Other results that were surprising over the weekend, Sporting Kansas City 4-1 over Portland. So uh, Sporting Kansas City continued to score goals out of nowhere. And then uh, Philadelphia Union just wrecking house. Wayne Rooney continuing to not find any success as D.C. United's manager. Season's lost for D.C. already. He's just building towards next season, not unsurprising. But 6-0 Philadelphia. And it was 3-0 with what, like... 13 minutes left in the game, so the Philadelphia just piled in on late. Uh, surprising result there and just the fact of how much of a difference there was between those sides. And then Montreal 4-0 over New England Revolution. So the two top teams in the Eastern Conference, 10 goals scored, 0 goals allowed. That is uh, gearing up to be a very good Eastern Conference final between those two sides. Yeah, it, to, you know... We talk about the West and how it's always so tight. The East is no different. Uh, I think last year there was a little more separation uh, at the end of the year in the East, but this year looks like it's going to come right down to it. Um, yeah, it just at all points we complain. I complain. I won't throw you under the bus about some <laughs> of the things that the MLS does, but the one thing that they have right is uh, the decision day. Everybody playing on the last day of the season. Um, I don't know how much thought they put into who plays who uh, and where, but it, it had, that has become a, a, a pretty big deal, and they've done that right, and Decision Day is something to look forward to every year. The uh, other news out hey, of – look, it's AJ. Hey, he's back. Hey, I'm back. Well, now he's gone. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, the no. – the, uh, the other news about out of Major League Soccer this last weekend, Luchi Gonzalez, former FC Dallas 
uh, head coach and current U.S. Men's National Team assistant manager, hired as the San Jose Earthquakes next manager taking over, I believe, at the end of the season after the World Cup and everything. Uh, but that means we do not get our dream of Landon Donovan coaching the San Jose Earthquakes and all the drama and storylines that would ensue with San Jose fans with that one. uh, Sadly, a couple of our write that downs go out the window because of it, but yeah, we don't get that drama and that fun of Landon Donovan coaching in major league soccer just yet. I imagine he'll be there with how, how well he has San San Diego loyal playing, but eventually we'll get Landon Donovan in in major league soccer as a head coach, most likely of the galaxy whenever Greg Vanny's done there. Uh, So sad about that, Dan, I think it's time for the predictor. So go ahead and, uh, explain away while I pull up the spreadsheet. Okay, predictor. We pick uh, each pick three matches, uh, one being an uh, MLS match uh, involving Minnesota, which would be against Houston this week. You get the uh, correct winner or draw, you get a point. If you get the score correct, you get a bonus point. Possibility of six points for each individual. Uh, that doesn't happen, but it's possible. Um, and AJ, because we're handicapping him, because, uh, well, just because he's AJ, but also because he started late, um, he gets double points. So where are we at? Yeah, our standings up to this point in the season. Uh, so a couple of results came off the board, obviously, last week. AJ is the only guy who only got one correct prediction this last week. Or not correct prediction, but uh, he got the, resi- the right result. He guessed LAFC would beat San Jose 4-1. They only won, or they actually lost 2-1 to San Jose. So, excuse me, he didn't get that right. He got none right this weekend looking at it. Um, Going from bad to worse for AJ. (laughs) I I, I wrote that down wrong. I don't know what the heck happened there. Uh, So he's got no points uh, this week. But, Dan, you got two points yourself. You said LAFC would win 3-0. They only won 1-0 over DC United. I don't know how the hell that happened. I don't Uh, either. But then you said Minnesota would win 3-2 over Austin. They won 2-1, so you get two points out of that. I did say LAFC would beat DC United 4-0. They only won 1-0. We already discussed that. Then I said, continuing to pick on one of my favorite coaches in the league, Wayne Rooney, I said Philadelphia would beat DC United 3-1. Well, as we previously just discussed, it was a 6-0 win for Philadelphia. So I got two points, meaning our score lines, me at 33 points, Dan at 28 points, and AJ still on... 12 points for the season right now. Catching up, though, because of his double-point standings right now. So with that, I started off last week. AJ, you can start off this week. All right. Well, first off, let's just go ahead and get the Minnesota game out of the way. Um, I was just saying that I think that they are going to walk away with three points, and I think my pick reflects that. So I have Minnesota 3, Houston 1. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Ooh. All Damn. right. All right. Uh, all right. Let's stay with it. I have Minnesota 3, Houston nil. Oh, man. Now I'm going to take one of my crazy <laughs> score lines. Or, nah, I, I won't go crazy. I'll say Minnesota 2, Houston nil. I was going to do 3 nil because I felt okay. like uh, there was gonna be, there's going to be some goal scoring. I'm not willing to go to 4 nil quite okay. yet. But I'll give him 2-0. I'll give him 2-0 for sure. All right. All right. AJ? All right. So my next one is going to be I'm going to roll with Nashville after that big 4-0 win the other day. I think this weekend they got the late game on Saturday. They're going to beat Nashville. Nashville is going to beat Vancouver uh, 2-0 over at BC Place. All right. Dan? What day day is that one on? That is Saturday, 8-27. Okay. Nashville, Vancouver, final game of the evening. 
I must have looked at the wrong. Hang on, I need. I got to check some here. I, I for some reason I have <laughs> oh, LAFC. No, Dan. Dan went the wrong week. What? What? What was Hang your on. next prediction? I had LAFC in Nashville. No, that's what is that? Nashville. What are you talking about? They play Austin this weekend. <laughs> um, oh, that's what I have. Right. I got the, the wrong one. Season? That's right. I put Nashville down. Oh, Nashville's got Dallas. Okay, I, that's where I was. They don't play okay. Nashville until the last week of the season. Yeah. No, I I would. I got Nashville and uh, Austin reversed. So uh, I have uh, on Friday LAFC two, Austin one. Okay. I like it. Uh, I'm going with one of the rivalries of Major League Soccer, if not the biggest rivalry in U.S. soccer. Portland hosting Seattle. That one is always yeah, weird. Where, that? Because the home, the home team always loses it. No matter who the home <laughs> team is, they always lose it. All right. So this seems like an easy pick. Seattle's going to win this one three or two to one. Man. Seattle. I don't know. I don't know if you're it's going to that It's always weird with those two teams that it's the away team that always wins. I think you should pick that game too, AJ. Go for it. <laughs> I'll pass, personally. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Uh, my next game features the most dangerous 11th seed possible. <laughs> as Toronto takes on Charlotte, I have Toronto beating Charlotte 2-1. to one. They couldn't even beat Miami this weekend. You think they're going to beat Charlotte? Um, they're going to bounce know. back. I have faith right. in Toronto. Okay. Right. I'm going to go, go after D.C. United. I'm going to go at, on Sunday, Atlanta 2, D.C. United 1. I'm going to continue picking on Chicago, bringing back that well. Uh, they are hosting Montreal. We're coming off their 4-0 win, win over, uh, who was it, New England Revolution this last weekend. They visit Chicago this weekend. I'm going with a 2-0 win for Montreal on the road to close out the predictor this week. So we'll keep track of those predictions throughout the rest of the season. And another game mm-hmm. where we play, and we also make predictions, not scoreline predictions per se, we make three soccer-related predictions and write that down. We'll keep track of those predictions, and we'll call those correct predictions goals. The person with the most amount of goals at the end of the season wins the very coveted golden boot, which is the Adrian Heath gnome doll over my shoulder. doesn't exist. Right now, going into the weekend, Dan and I were tied, I believe, uh, on 16 goals apiece. But now time for an accountability session. AJ, we'll start with you, sir. One thing coming off the board. You said last week Franco Fragapane will score against Austin this weekend. And thank you, Julio Cascante, for that one goal. Brings you up to six on the season. You're now ten behind Dan. Uh, So you're creeping up on him. You're creeping up close. You can get that closed real quickly. I believe I had a couple bad predictions come off the board, though, right? Um, I didn't see any from. We this try week. not to talk about the bad oh, ones. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't write those. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't write those down quite yet because I had done this before the game. You said Cristiano Ronaldo will score at least one goal against Liverpool. He did not because he barely played. And then you said Manchester United will lose to Liverpool with at least one own goal. Well, Manchester United only went out and won, hence the jerseys, and uh, <laughs> they beat Liverpool for the first time in four years. Way too dang long. And, I expected uh, him to start, which is why I figured he would score, but they would also lose. So uh, Ten Hag, he, big brain by him to not start him, uh, thus the throttling to a win. So good. And then good dropping game. the F-bomb on TV afterwards in an interview, which no, was no. just Did glorious. he really? I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah, he dropped it on Sky, good and it's him. hilarious. 
the, the host of the show is like, uh, well, I, he's going to ask his questions like, oh, sorry, dropping the F-bomb. It might have got lost in translation there because he's a Dutch head coach. Well, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a translation issue. No, yeah. no, no. This guy loves to drop the F-bombs if you've seen any of his previous interviews. It's hilarious. Oh. I love this guy. Uh, so, yeah, you had two come off the board incorrect, but one correctly. So six goals on the season. Only a couple of predictions left on the board for you. Dan, you only had one thing come off the board. Unfortunately, it was negative. You said Dane Sinclair will face less shots on goal and allow more goals than he did against Nashville. Well, he allowed the same amount of goals, so there goes years out the window, unfortunately. Overthinking it. Damn it. So, still no more goals for you, though we're still watching that first prediction you made this season. Removing the first four games of the year, Minnesota will have mm-hmm. more points than they did last season. They need, I believe it's now 17 of the last 21 points to go oh, yeah. so this <laughs> last this, this this result last weekend helped you but uh yeah, yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't hold your breath no i'm not no I'm probably not, not. <laughs> i did say earlier this season i've got two predictions i'm watching very closely to not happening i said earlier this season lafc will not lose <laughs> more or have more than six losses this season thanks san jose out of nowhere for getting a 2-1 win against lafc to put them at five losses on the season with still eight games to go so watching that one and then i said after Tati Castellanos left for La Liga, I said his 13 goals will be good enough for top 10 this season, and he is very close to dropping out of the top five, and it is not a very quick fall. There's not a very long fall out of the top yeah. 10 after that, so yeah. he could very quickly drop out of that, so I'm watching that one. I had two things come off the board negatively. I said within the next five games, Minnesota will record two clean sheets. Uh, they did not do that, unfortunately, after their... Uh, giving up a goal against Nashville. And then I said, I had a parlay earlier this season. I said, Wayne Rooney to DC United, Landon Donovan to San Jose. Well, the rest of it doesn't matter because those two didn't happen. Uh, Wayne Rooney happened, but Landon Donovan did not. I did say though, both Sebastian Drusi and Emmanuel Reynoso will score goals this weekend. Who knew it was going to be penalty kick goals. So yeah, I really. get, I get another goal there. So I'm up to 17. Dan's on 16 and AJ is on six for the season. So right. I believe I started last week, AJ or I'll go Dan, Dan, you start this week. All right, I'll start with uh, my one pick that pertains to Minnesota. Uh, Saturday afternoon against Houston, Dane St. Clair, clean sheet. I picked him 3-0 in the predictor, so I got to be consistent. Clean sheet for Dane. I like it. AJ? All right, so my first one is uh, I'm, I went, I'm, I feel like I need to make up some ground, and I know you're giving me the double points, but I need to like, get on the board, so I'm just going to do the short ones every week uh, with at least one of them. Uh, last week I went Fragapane. I'm going to go Luis Amaria will score this weekend against Houston. I like it. I was going to do right. Luis Amaria too, but I guess I can't now. Or maybe I'll just one-up you because I like to do that every once in a while and just paint myself into a corner and end up getting it wrong. Luis Amaria, four goals, one assist over the last five games, I believe. He will score and he will register an assist this weekend against Houston. Ooh. Write that down. All right. Do it. Yeah. Do it now. Okay, um, AJ, you know, you said he wasn't ready to pull the trigger and write that down. I am. Uh, at the end of the season, LAFC will be number one, and Austin will remain number two at the end of the year. AJ, you want to fire back immediately? No, I like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself a week. Come on, AJ, you got to play the game. Mine's going to be fine. <laughs> no, well, no, could not tease him into it. I, I already have my three, so I'm going to. Remind me, though, I'd, um, after we all take a round, I'm going to go. Uh, I had Connor G, loyal listener, reach out to me. He has to write that down that I'll throw out once we all go through the rounds here, if that's uh, acceptable for you. Yep. Perfect. Uh, my second one will be with his recent form 
of two goals and in an assist um, in his uh, last three games in the championship. Josh Sargent will be USA's striker in the first match oh, God, of no. the World Cup. No! <laughs> oh, that would be awful. So you're saying he's going to start, AJ? You're saying he'll start? He will start their first match of World Cup group. Wow. Play. Wow. Oh, please, no. <laughs> please, no. Okay. All right. Would it would be Jason Jesus Ferreira. Oh, you give me nightmares about that, AJ. It's not even <laughs> close to happening. <laughs> no. Oh. All right. Well, since AJ wasn't willing to take the bait, I'm totally taking the bait. Minnesota will end at, end the season as a second seed in the Western Conference. Write that down. I All have right. faith. I'm drinking the per, the the what is it? Mer, or blue Kool Aid. Let's Light go. Blue Kool Aid. Like blue and yeah. black Kool Aid. That doesn't sound yes. good at all. But yes. let, let's go. All right. Wow. Okay. All right. My third one. Yep. You guys are gonna love this. Yeah. On Wednesday, mm-hmm. Leeds United will shut out Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to EFL Cup. That's right. <laughs> Clean sheet. Oh, Are you going to buy yourself a Leeds jersey now? I don't know. Come on. Probably not. Come on. Are you going to hang it over there? <laughs> hang it right over there behind the by the fishing pole? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or on one of the doors. Hang it on the door. All right. <laughs> I don't know they play this week. I didn't even know they played. They had an EFL action already. Yeah, well. All righty. All right, AJ. All right. My, uh, my final one, right now in the Premier League, there are five clubs that do not have a win through three weeks. Liverpool, Everton, Wolves, Leicester City, and West Ham. I think Everton will be the final club out of those five to not have a win. Oh, okay. <laughs> Frank Lampard's getting sacked if that's the case, right? They have a, they have a tough schedule coming up here. I, I kind of looked at like who has the next... I, 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 and it's league league wins. I'm not counting their EFL Cup second round matchup yep. tomorrow against Fleetwood. That does not count. <laughs> uh, they they have Brentford next week. Leeds the following Tuesday. Liverpool, Arsenal, West Ham, Southampton, Man United, Tottenham, Newcastle, Crystal Palace. The next one that I think would be like maybe a cakewalk would be Fulham on October 29th. I don't. <laughs> They're gonna have a rough stretch. Wolf, man, you're almost you're almost in a November. Jesus, especially if they're they're considering possibly selling uh, Anthony Gordon, maybe. Like they, they, I just don't know what they're doing over there, and the window man, is that is, is so close to being done. I I could never have imagined Everton going down, but the way this season's playing out, they're probably gonna go down, which would be absolutely shocking if that happened. Uh, final prediction. Of the week, boys. AJ, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid once again on Manchester United after this win. Great win today. Super pumped. Southampton's up next. And by God, are they shaky defensively. And Manchester United have rung up, what, seven on them at one point a couple years ago. And this offensive performance sparked some joy, sparked some belief in in Eric Ten Hag's system and that this this team, he can get them going again. And uh, they'll continue that this Saturday, 6.30 a.m. Central Time. Really looking forward to getting up super early on a Saturday morning. Manchester United win by at least three goals on Saturday against Southampton. It's going to be a big one. (laughs) They're about to drop like $240 million in the transfer market on three players over the next week. Yeah. Three goals. By at least three goals. Are they at Old Trafford for that one? 
No, it's in Southampton. Oh my goodness! I you at least three. At least That's three. Old. James I mean, Ward-Prowse at... is he's guaranteed for at least one set piece goal. Yeah, that's why I said at least three. I didn't say so it'd be shut out. You think they're scoring four? Who knows? You never know. Maybe. maybe. Wow. Martial actually looked good for once. Rashford looked good. Sancho looked good. The whole attack looked good today against right. Liverpool. I'm Real believing quick, it. Before right. I wrap up, uh, write that down. Loyal listener yep. Connor uh, reached out through direct messaging on social media today. He said, hey, I've got another write that down. Leeds United will finish top four in the Premier League. <laughs> Of course. Wow. He says he he understands it's silly, but he's just so hyped up with uh, Aronson and Jesse Marsh and Tyler uh, Adams and Tyler Adams. He's he's drinking the the Leeds Kool-Aid over there. I mean, there's two of us now when they kick Chelsea's ass the way they did this weekend. Yeah, I I imagine so. But top four for Leeds after they barely escaped relegation last year. Okay, Connor. Okay, Connor. For the record, I did. I had to talk him down from that. I said, okay, to get, he, the original. You had to talk him is, down. This is verbatim. Um, some, what, I've got another. What, Leeds United is winning it all. Write that down. I said, are you sure? <laughs> Connor, <laughs> Connor, <laughs> Connor, we got to have a talk here, son. No, so he, Connor, he back, Connor he keep the faith. <laughs> I've been a Leeds fan all my life. Just keep the faith, buddy. They can do it. They can so do come. it. So, Connor, back down, write that down. Leeds United will finish top four. Look, we're all Minnesotans. We like we like the, the USA part of Jesse Marsh, but we don't like the Wisconsin yep. part of Jesse Marsh. So we'll 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 back down a little bit here. All right, <laughs> that's job, been <laughs> they're winning it all. <laughs> never say never. Going Lester on it. Five thousand to one. <laughs> all right that's been write that down that has also been loon talk for this week jonathan harrison here for dan Terra and aj frederickson good week of loon talk here hopefully for you the listener i know we had fun uh especially with a loons 2-1 win massive win probably biggest win of the season for the loons this last weekend at all Ansfield. coming up this weekend once again dan Terrar and myself on the call aj frederickson i imagine mm-hmm. on the board maybe i know it's a little bit earlier in the day uh but aj hopefully on the board for us I'd, i'll be there i'll actually be ducking out go. of the state fair a little early to come back for that AJ. that's right skip out of the AJ. state fair aj knows aj no signal frederickson look video still out <laughs> All right, that's been Loon Talk for this weekend. Can't wait, or this week, can't wait for the game this weekend. 2.30 p.m. kickoff, 2 p.m. pre-match show on AM 1500, 1500ESPN.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Boys, been a good good, uh, good stuff this week. We'll talk to you this weekend. Nice job, everybody. Heath in. Yep. See you next week. <laughs> See you then.